0: Today's episode of Podcast by Committee is brought to you by GameTime. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. GameTime is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Hello everybody and welcome to podcast by committee, your most favorite show ever here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, We're jumping into a new format this week, actually. On Tuesdays, or I guess whenever you're listening, the first show is going to be with one of our excellent beat writers. On Thursdays, the second show of the week is going to be with one of our excellent fantasy writers. So you get a little bit of everything, a lot of fun, good times, and more importantly, information that you can't get anywhere else. Let's start today's show. We're hitting up the Atlanta Falcons, a very interesting team, a very imbalanced team offensively. We're going to get into that. In this half hour here, Jason Butt, welcome to the show, man.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, Nando. Uh,
0: first of all, thank you for filling out all those beat writer uh, questionnaires that we send your way. It's uh, it's been uh, yeah, it's been enlightening.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting start to uh, this Falcons season. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they, this was a team that that was poised for a bounce back year with all the talent, especially on offense. And it has been an absolute uh, train wreck, So, to sp- you know, with, for lack of a better word, to start
0: this year. Uh, by the way, you can follow Jason at JasonHButt on Twitter. Um, and I think if this is up before noon Eastern time, you're hosting a chat today, right? And you welcome the fantasy players to come infiltrate your chat?
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. After I, I, from noon to 1, I'll have a live Q&A uh, on the slash Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, stop on by if you have fantasy questions, uh, which I, I don't know who is starting a fantasy player from Atlanta right now. But if you are outside of Julio Jones, you know, feel free to ask some questions about him.
0: Well, let me uh, actually build off that statement because a lot of people are Devonte Freeman owners and a lot of people are very frustrated. Devontae Freeman owners. Um, is this is this uh, something we should expect all year? Is this maybe like a Todd Gurley situation where they're trying to preserve him a little bit because of all the you know, concussions and the other injury issues he had? Or is this? Uh, the new world order of how things are going for the Atlanta Falcons
1: Uh, based on what we've seen through four games. It it seems like the new world order. Um, This this was a guy that came was coming into the season with, with, excuse me, with hopes of being a uh, 15 to 20 touch a game kind of, kind of running back. And uh, he's not producing. I don't think it's all his fault. Uh, The, the, the direction of Dirk Cutter so far, uh, you know, all offseason it was try to get back to being a balanced offense. And, and, and the direction with Cutter has very much been pass-oriented. Um, they've gotten behind in games, and instead of still trying to commit to the run, they have still just gone all in on, on passing the ball. They only had five carries in the second half of last week's game against Tennessee. It, they, they, they just don't really seem to want to commit to running the ball. And, and and quite frankly, when they do run the ball, it's not like out, you know outside of a couple of runs against Indianapolis, it's not like Devonte Freeman's uh, finding a lot of grass to to run through. So uh, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where you, if you're a Devontae Freeman owner, he's he's probably best on your bench until further notice. Uh, that's kind of where things stand with him. Um, there's just not a whole lot of of positivity going you know with this team when it comes to running the ball, ranking 27th in the league right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually uh, so I was on a Pro Football Reference just looking up the balance because I knew it's it's bad, but right now they're first in pass attempts, second in passing yards, and twenty ninth in rushing attempts. Um, right. So even even if you're thinking like, hey, you know, Ito Smith is going to take over for Devontae Freeman, he's been, you know, better yards per average, this and that. I mean, that's not even like a it's still a grim situation to be in when you're twenty ninth in rushing attempts, right?
1: Right, and uh, I would avoid all Falcons running backs, or really just two of them. they only they only are only going through both of them. Uh, it's an interesting change. If you go back to 2016, when you had the running back by committee, and you had uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman both churning out a, a, a lot of rushing yards, and, and even uh, you know making some plays as pass catchers, they, they, you know the Kyle Shanahan coached scheme just it, it was just so much more running back friendly. And then since they've gotten away from from that. You know whether it's been Steve Sarkisian or Dirk Cutter, they've tried to keep the the premise of the Shanahan scheme intact, but as they've gotten away from Shanahan, it's almost like slowly but surely they're they're removing the running back from being as as involved in the offense and And you saw Devonte Freeman this past game. he, he did get some uh, some garbage time catches uh, you know as they were in the fourth quarter. so I mean he ended up uh, if few you, if you're in a PPR league, he ended up with a with an okay day. But that's not to be expected every week. Uh, it's just uh, it's a situation where you know, they're, they're going very wide receiver, tight end, uh, heavy right now on offense, uh, you know, letting, asking Matt Ryan to throw the ball way too much, in my opinion. And, um, and so, so you just kind of have to wonder, uh, you know, philosophically, is there a disconnect between what Dan Quinn was saying going into the year and what Dirk Cutter is calling in games?
0: You know, you, you mentioned this and I had it on the list of what I wanted to ask you um, about how they like, they've dug such a tremendous hole in the first half. And I think in the first quarter, they've been outscored like 70 to 12. I, I forget the number. I had it and I didn't write it down. Yeah. But, it, the, uh, first,
1: the first half, it's been 71 to 20.
0: Okay. And the, yeah. It's crazy. Which is insane. It's, I mean, at a certain point, you kind of, like, you kind of say you have to pass, but then you go back and you say, well, you know, Devontae Freeman only, they had five rushes in the second half of the last game, like. You would think, like, okay, let's build up this this kind of comeback through passing, and then kind of let the game run out through the rush. But that's not even happening, right? Like, I guess the question is, if they start being normal in the first half going forward, will that balance it out a little more? Is is this out of necessity, or is this just how it is? You would think,
1: and and but again, when you go back to. And, and watch these games uh, outside of the Indianapolis game. There have not been a whole lot of good runs from from the the running backs. So you you can pick a couple here and there. Uh, you know, Ito Smith had that good run against Philadelphia. Uh, I mentioned the Freeman runs against Indy, but it's it's you're not seeing anything consistently, even when they are running the ball early in games. So you know, you combine the fact that that the running backs aren't finding room. Uh, and with the fact that for whatever reason, you know, the defense has has been pretty bad to start this year, uh, you know, especially when it comes to situational uh, downs and, and and allowing the, uh, the big play. Um, so they're getting, you know, teams are scoring on them. And, and, then, and then untimely turnovers, untimely penalties have shot the offense in the foot so often. Next thing you know, you know, 14-17 down, I think a lot of teams would still would still try to run the ball and, and still try to make that uh an emphasis, but but Atlanta has, you know, once they've gotten down two scores, they 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 have shown that they're going to, you know, just ride Matt Ryan's arm. Uh he threw 53 passes against Tennessee. I I think that's uh, uh staggering. It, it it's uh it's a position you you really don't want your quarterback to be in um especially uh, this early in the year, when you're when you're down by or when you when you keep losing games, you don't you don't want to have to put put all of the offense on on the quarterback because uh, you become a one dimensional group, and and that's that's when uh that's when defenses have their best success.
0: You know, one of the the interesting things I find about this whole offense is Dirk Cutters back, and from uh 2012 to 2014, he was your offensive coordinator. So it's like you kind of knew what to expect, and he racked up a bunch of yards. Um, and even back then, man, like he finished twenty sixth, thirty second, and twenty seventh in rushing attempts, and eighth, third, and third in passing attempts. Um, so we kind of saw this coming, but just not not to this insane extent, right? Like, I mean, we kind right. of you, you've covered him all that, like you know, but like it's just like this is insane, right?
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's funny because when when they when they fired Steve Sarkeesian and when Dan Quinn you know, before they even hired Dirk Cutter, his statement was, we have to find better balance on offense. And he then hired a guy who historically outside of the one year in Jacksonville, when he had Maurice Jones drew and, and got 1600 yards with him. Uh, this guy has been very much a pass first guy. And, but, but all off season, it was Devonte Freeman's back. He, we have all sorts of plans for him. He's going to you know, be a receiver too. He's, uh, very much want to get him involved, and, and, and then as these games have played out, he's very much, um, I don't want to say afterthought, but it's almost like when it's not going well for him early, it's okay, we'll put him on the back burner, revisit it later if we can, but wait, we're now down by 17 points, so we're just not going to do that. And I, I, I think you, you hit on it. it it's, it's like sometimes when you hear coaches go through a, a number of months saying the same thing, Yet the decision doesn't necessarily jive with what they're saying, then maybe, you know, people in my position should have done a better job of calling that out. Um and 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 unfortunately, those who are expecting Devontae Freeman to be back, you know, they've been hit with the reality of uh there's obviously uh something going on with, with, with the run blocking. They're they're not able to 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 do as be as much improved as they hoped they, they would have been with the the free agent acquisitions and, and having Caleb McGarry there up front and with the direction that the, that dirt cutter wants as a whole um, he, he would prefer to put the ball in the quarterback's hands obviously and um, that's been to the detriment of Devonte Freeman uh, both on the field and for, for uh, fantasy purposes.
0: I don't blame you for not calling him out on stuff, Jason. I don't, think, I don't think the fantasy world. I don't think. We love you, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> um, so I don't think we need to say anything about Julio Jones. I mean, he looks great. He looks healthy. If you own him, you love him. Um, but the, the Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, Muhammad Sanu kind of triangle, I find very interesting. Like, I personally have a lot of Calvin Ridley. Um, and, I, you know, I thought, you know, if you could, okay, you're going to pass a ton. It's going to be Calvin Ridley. It's going to be Julio Jones, one and two every other week. Um, and really, it's been Mohamed Sanu is out targeting, out catching, out yarding Calvin Ridley, um, playing a lot in the slot. Is this, uh, is this how it's going to go? Mohamed Sanu, slot receiver, going to be getting all the Calvin Ridley targets that us Calvin Ridley owners were looking for?
1: Yeah, it's funny because that, that wasn't the plan. Uh, they, they went into the year wanting to get Calvin Ridley uh, the ball a lot and get it to him often. The last couple of weeks, you've run into teams who have decided what we're going to do is play, uh, uh, definitely against Indianapolis, play a lot of cover two or at least have two safeties shadowing the outside receivers, and that has been a detriment to Calvin. Um, So when they do mirror the routes on the outside, Julio is always going to be the first option, and Calvin's going to be second, and and Ryan's going to favor Julio way more often than not. Tennessee did a, a, a pretty good job of, of locking both those guys down, which opened it up for, for Austin Hooper and, and Mohamed Sanu in the middle. So I don't necessarily think that this will be a trend that continues, but I do think that um, Atlanta, Dirk Cutter in particular, has to do a better job of moving Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, specifically Calvin Ridley, around. Julio's going to win matchups um, way more often than not. You know, When he doesn't look open, he's open. Calvin Ridley, maybe he's not there yet. He's also a, a different type of receiver, where uh, he's a guy who, who's got such great, uh, you know, change of direction and and, and sudden burst and and uh, uh, quickness. A guy who can get in and out of his breaks, uh, you know, better than a lot of his his peers in the league in only a second year. Um, so, so you want to find ways to get him involved and and take advantage of those traits. Uh, they just haven't done that and. You know, what's really funny is, uh, you know, after the Indianapolis game, uh, Dirk Cutter, without even being asked, he goes, you know, uh, passing game was, was good against Indy, which which it was to be fair, but we got to get Calvin Ridley more involved. He just, you know, so he makes it a story that Calvin Ridley's not being involved. It was, you know, it's one of those things where, the, you know, from a, just from a, a beat perspective, you know, the offense actually did perform well. And then he goes out of his way and mentions, well, we got to get Calvin Ridley more involved and, you know they did target him six times this past game. You know three catches, uh, 36 yards, I believe it was. Uh, you know that's it's still not the volume you would have liked to see, especially when you're in catch-up mode. Um, so they, they got to scheme ways to to get him uh, more looks, uh, more open looks, I should say, because you know some some of those targets, you know, he's being thrown to with with guys on him, with guys near him. Uh, you know he he doesn't have. You know Julio Julio can do what. What really only Julio can do, like you mentioned, he's he's in a league of his own, a class of his own. Um, but Ridley, uh, they haven't done that these last couple of weeks.
0: Hey, are you um? Are you seeing some? Is there like an urgency with this? Look, I, I know you're one and three. You got Houston and Arizona coming up. You could emerge from that at three and three before you hit the Rams and the Seahawks and the Saints. But um, I mean, you got you got a 30 year old Julio Jones. You got a 27 year old Devontae Freeman, 34 year old Matt Ryan, even Muhammad Sanu is somehow 30 years old now um mm-hmm. is there is there a sense of urgency here like look this we got maybe like one or two years let's let's get our stuff together and make a run mm-hmm. this year and see what we can do or, or is this kind of like you know geez maybe, maybe they might make some wholesale changes if they if you can't beat houston and arizona and then you're looking at three or four very tough games in a row after that
1: i think all bets are off when it comes to the top down Um uh, especially arizona because you look at arizona and and i i like in terms of personality i i i'm I'm a I'm a believer in Kyler Murray personally. Uh, I think I think long term he's going to be a good quarterback. I do like him, but when you look at their team right now, it's not a good team. Uh, it's it's a really bad team. So if they go into Arizona and lose that game following a Houston loss, I'd say all bets are off at that point. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all what Arthur Blank decides to do then. You know, coming into the year, this was a team built for win. Now, you know, they they, they were very much. Uh, very much thought they were in a position to make a run now um, you know with, with Matt Ryan at his age, like you mentioned, Julio Jones, uh, the, the pieces they've built around him, the, they've spent so much money on a handful of guys to where the last couple of years they've been right up against the salary cap uh, each year. They're, they're not they haven't been in a situation where they've like they were in 2016 when they reached the Super Bowl where they ha- they still had a lot of room, a handful of those guys, you know Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones. They now have new new contracts. Uh, Julio Jones just got paid. You know, Matt Ryan's now a hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback. Um, so they have positioned themselves to make a run now. but the product on the field. It looks like a just a bad team. Like nothing's in sync. Offensively, they're they're discombobulated. They're they're uh, just not in alignment with one another. So you'll you wonder if, if, uh, if they can't get these two wins. I mean, the thing is, everybody locally was saying the same thing about Tennessee. You know, they're 1-2, and two, but surely they'll beat Tennessee. Tennessee <laughs> right. is a very average average to below average team. Um, they haven't looked good. So that, that said everything I need to know about Tennessee going into this game. And, and, and sure enough, Tennessee beat down Atlanta. So it's, there's a lot of stuff not making any sense you know, with this team. It looks like a bad team. Yet individually, there's talent everywhere, so there's, well, that's, just, n- there's not a lot making sense right now.
0: Well, that's it. like if you're a fantasy owner of a lot of these players, like oh, the Falcons must be good. You know, oh, no, oh, one and three, how did that happen? You know, like if, if you right. have a lot of these players on your team outside of Freeman, but I think a lot of people were kind of wondering about Freeman anyway coming into the season. Um, so you know, it wasn't like he was a first round pick that you wasted. Um, it, but like anyone else, you're like, oh wow, Austin Hooper in PPR leagues has the second most fantasy points right behind Evan one point behind Evan Ingram right um you know like and Julio Jones is having a, a beast year and uh you know Ridley's been a little disappointing but whatever Muhammad's new having kind of a little breakout Matt Ryan carrying over what he did last year um it's it's interesting like the two different points of views like this could be a very good fantasy team uh but looking right. at it in real life you're like oh man this is a uh, could be could be grim if things don't turn around
1: well, that, that part of it is when, when you're constantly playing catch up, you're just getting a lot of empty yard. Those are the best guys to have, especially if you're in a PPR league, where all of a sudden it's the second half, you're down by 20 points, 17 points, and you've got Matt Ryan. All he's doing, and you got a when you got a offensive coordinator who's just going to have Matt Ryan throw the ball, um, say, you know, safe throws over the middle of the field or out routes, uh, while the results, while the wins aren't coming, you know you got a lot of pass catchers out there. Who have who have the opportunity to to clean up? If, if these are the kinds of situations they're going to continue to get in, uh, you know, week after week, where where Matt Ryan's constantly in hurry up and catch up mode. You know, you look at the stat sheet and you're just like, wow, yeah, three hundred something yards, oh, on fifty three attempts. Well, that's actually not that good. So, yeah. so uh, you know, but it's great, like you said, it's great for fantasy. It's it's terrible for for a real life execution.
0: Is there anything a fantasy player should be worried about? Like it's it's a crazy imbalanced offense that may swing the other way. Like, if you're an Austin Hooper owner, for example, are you like, "Oh, this is awesome! 300 yards through four games. Like, this is going to happen all year long, and he's going to be the greatest tight end in the world." <laughs> um, or, or is, are you like, pump the brakes on that? Like, they're going to start involving some more players more, and Hooper's maybe just like a kind of guy. Maybe if you could trade him away for, you know, Travis Kelsey right now, which isn't realistic, but whatever. Make that move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe Evan Ingram's the guy to trade him for. But whatever, it's you know is is there is there a reason for anyone to be worried about someone who's doing really well right now or is this going to be how it's going to go
1: i think austin hooper's probably the guy you know he's had one game where he's had fewer than six catches um uh, i think game flow will dictate it a lot you know if they can find a semblance of balance that would be the worst thing for austin hooper you know if if you're if you're an austin hooper owner you want the falcons to to wind up 3 and 13 just just abysmal, always behind in games, and and I think he'll he'll return a, a pretty substantial value for you if they're able to start running the ball, if they're able to uh, start plays up for Calvin Ridley, um, if, if they're able to to get the you know even the running backs more involved in the passing game early in the game, uh, I, I think that uh, that that could be the detriment to Hooper. So I, I wouldn't be opposed if you're if you're looking for a guy to trade high right now. I, I think he would be one of the guys to do it because I don't think there's a. I expect Calvin Ridley to turn it around. I expect. I, you know, I don't think anybody's really going in uh, on on Mohamed Sanu. I think while he, he's had a couple of good games the last couple of weeks, I, I don't think that you have a whole lot of people now considering him a must start. So, uh, but but Hooper on the other hand, um, he's played his way into. Oh wow, maybe I should start him every week, you know, through four games. But I don't know if, if right now, I just don't know if, um, if that is a realistic uh, uh, threshold for him as we continue the season.
0: This is not this is not an eight and eighteen basically. I don't think so. Uh, I I know last year they ended
1: up seven and nine, um, but I mean if, if they go into the bye two and six or one and seven, I don't see a scenario where they're able to overcome that. I think they either make a turnaround or or the, the ship just uh, burns to the burns and sinks into the ocean.
0: Oh great! <laughs> <I> can't <laughs> wait to see how this plays out. Um, uh, really quick, before we let you go, on maybe on a lighter note, uh, they are playing Houston this weekend. What are you doing in Houston? Anything fun? Any tips? Well, Any travel tips for someone going to Houston? Well, uh,
1: you know, I, actually, I'm a big uh, Jack White fan, so um, I'm going to see the Raconteurs the the night before the the game. I do have a, I have a couple friends who cover the Texans. Uh, I'll try to see them before that. But yeah, I'm actually going – I've never gone to a concert solo, but I'm, I'm going to do it and uh, you know, see how that goes. But it should be fun. Uh, you Jack White and uh, Jack White puts on a good show no matter what band he's in.
0: I've done it. I've, uh, well, I've done it in smaller venues where I can just stand in the back, have some drinks, and just kind of listen and bob right. my head.
1: Yeah. Just,
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm not cre- – the least creepy way you can do it at a concert right. when you're by yourself. Right, right. That's how uh,
1: that's going to be my plan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good luck, man. That's a, uh, sounds awesome though. You know, if they lose at least you got to see Jack White the night before. Exactly. <laughs> uh, J- Jason, thank you for taking the time, man. Uh, good luck with the chat today. I hope, uh, I hope the questions are nice and the people are respectful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you follow Jason on Twitter, check him out every week in our beat writer roundup where uh, he answers a lot of these type of questions that fantasy owners want to know. Um, but check him out on Twitter at Jason H butt that's Jason H B U T T. Um dude, thank you very much. Uh I, I know I've said good luck like five times, but um, <laughs> have fun with the season, man.
1: Yeah, you know, I'll make the most of it regardless of uh, you know, how how crazy it might get.
0: All right. Uh check him out at the Athletic ATL. Uh that's the official Twitter for us. You can just go right to the pull down uh the NFL, go to the Falcons. He's out there everywhere. I suggest following him, subscribing. I don't know what our, a term is subscribing, I guess, to you uh, within the site. So, Jason Butt, Atlanta Falcons, thank you very much, man.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.